The Chicago Popo Report. Paul Cialino is a licensed and board certified private investigator. He's the first and only expert in homicide investigation hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on-air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Chicago Popo Report. Ah, Popo Nation, we're lighting it up tonight. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, WLS AM 890, Saturday night, Chicago. You don't want to turn this off at all. We got some special guests in the studio today. One of my favorite lawyers who go to jail. I love that stuff. This is a story you don't want to miss. Luke, what do we got? Well, the, uh, the weather turned, uh, you know, for the worst this weekend. Hey, and I also heard a story that it was so cold that a few aldermen would see him walking down the street with their hands in their own pockets. That's almost impossible, my friend, okay? Wow. <laughs> it's not that cold yet. <laughs> Maybe one hand in their pocket. When corruption and, you know, self-dealing and cold weather come, yeah, you got to put your hands in your own pocket. That's right. Well, listen, we're at the end of the month. It's a little Hey Jackass time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What do we got? So what's Hey Jackass? How are the stats for October, Loop? Okay, we're looking at uh, October to date. About 40 homicides. It's not bad, right? It's a pretty slow month in Chicago. Total shot, 223. That's not bad. Not bad either, right? How many missed? We should have that stat. <laughs> but our three most important stats, monthly stats. Here we go. Right. The uh, selfie-o-meter. We're year-to-date at 42. Okay, that's where you just accidentally shoot yourself somewhere in your body. But also, the shot in the ass meter How many shot in the ass in October? Now we're, we're looking at 103 year-to-date. So October, I don't think uh, Mr. Hey Jack has put him in, but we're at 103 year-to-date. That's about 10 a month, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then shot in the junk of me, oh, we're at that's 25. The yeah, that's one you want to avoid. Gangsters, don't stick that pistol down the front of your drawers. Nothing good's going to happen. At least you could stick it in the back, you know, in between your uh, belt and yeah. your trousers. Yes. Make sure your trousers are how about tight. Getting, how about a holster? Get a holster, guys, all right? That's not gangster, Paul. No, I know it's not gangster. It's no fun wearing a holster. You just pick up your shirt. Anyways. But uh, traditionally, yeah, numbers will go down because it's getting colder. Bad guys are... Uh, it's getting a lot colder. Bad man. guys are inside. It's, snow stuff has hit already. Maybe more domestics. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. more domestic. Well, the holidays are coming up, right? And the holidays are coming up. It's always good for a bunch of shootings and stabbings at Holiday Spirit in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. But what else happened this week? Well, superintendent, we, this story got beat to death about not speaking at the international chiefs of police thing, Trumpy ripping on them. What, what was going on with all that loop? Well, it was the uh, International Association of Police Chiefs. Yep. They were in town over the weekend. Uh, they just wrapped up on Tuesday. I uh, was there Monday for his uh, amazing speech. And um, <laughs> and on and on Tuesday, uh, I'll, I'll start off with Tuesday. Okay, what happened? It's a little fun. Uh, so you have like thousands of vendors in from across the nation, across the world. Dubai was in town. They brought their hardware. Man, you should see what they spend. <laughs> they bring a Ferrari. They on got police. Ferrari. They had a Ferrari. Uh, they got Ferrari squad cars. They, they in had Dubai. an amazing SUV. I mean, you've, you're talking infrared cameras. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gonna let you guys borrow that up and uh, up on the north side. You couldn't even, you couldn't even, you couldn't even go inside and touch anything. You just had to watch <laughs> from the outside. Stupid cops touching anything. Because <laughs> you, yeah, exactly, you're gonna leave your, uh, you're gonna leave your, uh, your dirty prints on them. Uh, no, but it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, Dubai was definitely, uh, 
off the off the hook. Um, creme de la creme, as we say in Chicago. Spare huh? no expense for Dubai. It's all that oil money. Yes. You got to love it. Uh, and then, you know, walking around, talking to a bunch of uh, current law enforcement, former law enforcement. What do you think about the speech? What do you think about what's going on with, uh, with uh, our superintendent? And, you know, I'm kind of listening to the speech on Monday. I was kind of ashamed. You got a president who's ripping down the, uh, the host city's superintendent. I mean... It was, and everyone was applauding. Everyone was cheering. Uh, I thought that, that I thought that, that was shameful, wall, man. Uh, yeah, what, exactly. Part. What about right. that brotherhood? I thought yeah. that was very shameful. Yeah. To actually do that, yeah. and um, a lot of a lot of police officers acknowledged. They're like, "Yeah, we didn't really like like to hear that, like to experience that." Right. But it's not just uh, Chicago. It's all around the nation, and you have different uh, you have different feelings about what's going on with the nation, what's going on here in Chicago, whose fault is it, you know. Whatever, but I thought that was kind of shameful. I just wanted to add that. Was it wasn't very nice, was it? Not very nice at all. Not gracious. No, no, not not at all. I mean, it was expected for Trump to go, you know, come in and do that. Well, he I don't mean, like, be listen, bombastic. He, 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 the Chicago is never going to vote for for Trump. Okay, exactly. The Democratic exactly. city, exactly. not going to happen. He knows it. They know it. And yep. uh, you know, as a uh, disturbed twelve year old who's not getting his uh, Christmas gifts, he's he's going to let it go. Exactly. No grace in his game. Uh, All bombast and, um, in my opinion, shameful. But uh, we'll see what happens next year. Well, yes, we will. And that's coming up. But, hey, on on the lighter and more fun stuff, our boy Robert Kelly, also known as R. Kelly. I just found out. I didn't know his middle name was Sylvester. (laughs) It's Sylvester Kelly, okay? Nobody bothers to call him Sly. They might be calling him Sly over at the Metropolitan Correctional Center, though. (laughs) Hey, Sly. Slick. Hey, Slick. Come here. Sly, uh, in court a lot lately. He'd be at divorce court, federal court, state court. Uh, didn't show up this week in court. Let's get the hearing loop. What, what happened to Robert? What, what was his big reason for not attending? Well, I guess he had an infected toe, which yeah. might, which I could see how it could happen, uh, down at the, uh, down in jail. I'm guessing that the, uh, uh, the sanitary conditions at the MCC are not the best. He lost a toenail. He didn't want no one stepping on his foot, he said. So, he uh, respectfully declined to appear in court. Probably because, uh, well, he wasn't uh, going to the uh, shower in uh, slippers, maybe. He didn't have his uh, R. Kelly slippers, or uh, somebody took them. <laughs> or don't what? have R. Kelly slippers. No. Okay, that, I'm sure there's no snakeskin, leopardskin slippers allowed over at the MCC. That's unfortunate. Everybody knows who's ever been in the Army or in jail. Never go in that shower barefoot. There's a lot of things on that floor you don't want your skin touching. And never drop the soap, right? Well, that's that's old, okay? You don't, <laughs> that's that's unrequired these days, all right? You don't have to drop anything. <laughs> but uh, Robert didn't come to court. Had a bad toe. It became a big story. At least page two all week. <laughs> it's it's It would be funny if it's not so sad. It's it, we just want to keep this guy in the news every week. Well, he's 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 part of the uh, Beavis and Butthead uh, crew. You know, <laughs> you know we got we have Jesse Smollett and we have R. Kelly virtually we have the every week. Or Jesse Smollett, right? Virtually every week we have these two on, and if one doesn't make it, the other one has that's, to that's for right. whatever reason. And here we have a we have an infected toe that made the Chicago Pulpo Report. The newsies love these stories. They listen. You, they write themselves. It's like knucklehead times. You just insert. Uh, they did this. They did that this week. It's it's any it right. It's just it's easy low fruit hanging.
Pickens. And he's not necessarily the central f- figure in every sh- in every uh, in, in every newscast. It's either his uh, his former uh, attorneys who aren't getting paid, or <laughs> divorce lawyers. Divorce lawyers. Once or twelve grand, right? Yeah. Yes. Pay me with what? Right. Yeah. Get in line, babe. Right. It's going to be a long time coming. But if it involves R. Kelly or Jesse, yeah, they're going to uh, make. They're going to be on there, right? Whatever, well, whatever we have to talk about. But I'll tell you who loves that. You know who loves that? Eddie Burke. Eddie Burke goes, keep talking about those two fools, all right? Leave me out of it. Oh, we, we're, we're talking. We're talking. We'll talk about Eddie Burke later on, right? Yeah, we will. And then another guy got hung up. Who got hung up? Loop this week. Who got indicted? Oh, a royal. Uh, can we can we can we get back to a royal a little bit later on? Yeah, we could do whatever you want, Loop. All right, Paul. Thanks for starting us off tonight. My nonviolent, credible, and of an urgent nature, low-level partner in crime. As the Chicago Pope Report gets underway here on a Saturday night, more to come, including news on another Illinois lawmaker caught on undercover recording paying a bribe. And swing set Susie charged with impersonating a police officer after threatening to arrest Hispanic teens. That and we are joined in studio by Curtis Lovelace. Here to talk about life after being acquitted for murder charges in March of 2017. Curtis Lovelace subsequently filed a civil suit against the city of Quincy and Adams County claiming he was subjected to malicious prosecution. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report here on WLS AM 890. We're back, Popo Nation. WLS AM 890, Chicago, Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, and we have two guests that... uh, Going to be on for the next several minutes, Curtis and Christine Lovelace. Curtis is an attorney. Is Curtis my favorite kind of client in general? A lawyer who gets charged with murder, goes to jail, gets abandoned by all his friends, colleagues, everybody. He was a prosecutor when he got locked up, which is really interesting. But uh, you want to talk about a guy who is coming around to be an American hero at this point for what he went through? What he's done, what he's accomplished, and what he's currently doing. It's Curtis Loveless and his wife, uh, Christine, who uh, played a huge role in regaining his freedom. Curtis, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Why don't you tell us what happened to you, Curtis? Well, I, you're a prosecutor in Southern Illinois. You're a former captain of the University of Illinois football team. You're hot stuff, brother. And all of a sudden, you found yourself on the wrong side of your boss down there, didn't you? Well, we were we were just living life. Uh, Christine and I uh, had recently um, just got married. Uh, we were building a life in in Quincy, Illinois. We were both uh, familiar with the area, and uh, Christine had just recently moved to Quincy. I had lived in Quincy for a long time, been a prosecutor, school board president, very active in the community. And on August twenty seventh, two thousand fourteen, I walked out of my law office. Um, to meet Christine for lunch, and I saw a, a police officer. I recognized him. He was wearing a coat and a tie, and uh, I went to shake his hand. I, you know, again, I recognized him, didn't know his name, um, and he was standing by my car, and he said, uh, uh, he said, put your hands on your vehicle. He searched me. Uh, he said, put your hands uh, behind your back. He cuffed me, and he told me that I was being arrested for murder. <laughs> hey, what a nice lunch conversation that could have been, right? What did you think when he said, put your hands on the car? I, I, I didn't know what to think. Uh, he, 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 said, uh, he said, you're being arrested for murdering your wife. And, and my immediate thought was, you know, what, 
where, where's Christine? I mean, I, I just left her this morning at her at her, at her bakery, <laughs> at her pie shop. You know, what's not, going? Not that wife, Kurt. Yeah, well, what, a what, wife. What, what's going on? And and uh, and I, what he told me was, I was being arrested for my uh, late wife who right. had, had passed away uh, over eight years um, prior. This is this is where these stories always go bizarro, brother. Right. Right. Eight, eight years prior, your, your wife dies. And, and tell everybody what happened to her. In, in February 2006, um, uh, my, uh, my, my wife wasn't feeling well, and I stayed home uh, on, on, on the morning. It was a Tuesday morning, and uh, she got up. Um, we spent some time together with the kids, getting them ready. Um, I took my... My children to school came back home. She was in bed. I found her, and 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 she had died uh, while I was gone. Natural and, causes, right? Na- natural causes, uh, and uh, um, you know, nine one one was called. Uh, emergency personnel came in. Um, uh, there was an investigation. Um, there was a funeral, uh, and 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 we all. Um, Mourned her lost and and moved on uh, with our lives, right. uh, re- remembering her, and uh, and and that's where we were in in August of 2014. And the guy who arrested you, he was a patrolman at the time, wasn't he? He what I what I would learn again. Yeah. I, I did not know him. Um, I, I think I had probably worked with him as as an assistant state's attorney. Uh, probably you know had him as a witness. Right. Um, didn't know him well. Uh, but what I had learned later on that, that he was a canine officer in um, 2013, and uh, and then he was moved to the elder service officer. Right. And at the same time, in December of 2013, he took a week long course in homicide investigations, and he became an expert after that. And, That's right. and so he he became a, a homicide detective at the same time he was being an elder officer. And uh, and my case was his first investigation. How old was your uh, former wife when she died? Uh, she was 36, 37. And what were the nature of her problem, medical issues? Well, Corey had, uh, was an excessive drinker. Right. And, uh, and she also suffered from an eating disorder. Right. Um, two things that had gone unchecked uh, that, in hindsight, um, we all wish we would have intervened and, and addressed, and uh, and as it turned out, um, those two things uh, were what caused her death. Sure, natural causes all day long. You had three sons. Yes, three right. sons, three sons, and a, and a and a daughter. Right. We're here with Kurt and Christine Lovelace, attorney, profiler extraordinaire, talking about their murder case, and and then it all. Eight years later, it really turns on you, doesn't it? I mean, they come after you like you're uh, Charles Manson. Well, can I quickly ask yeah, him, Paul? Well, at the time, at the time of your uh, your wife's death, the medical examiner determined the death uh, that wasn't suspicious. It was undetermined, correct? Something like that. Correct. So nothing suspicious. Suspicious circumstances weren't revolving around it. So they just wrapped it up. Yeah. Right. And eight years later, sorry. Yeah. And eight years later, you're walking out. And you're getting cuffed up? I mean, this is like, what are you thinking when this is happening to you? You know, I, I really didn't know what to think. I, You know, it was one of those, uh, you know, this must be a dream. This can't be happening. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was put into the back of a police car. 
the the officer who was driving the car I had known for years, grew up with, and and I just remember him looking at me and saying, you know, sorry man, I'm 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 just uh, I'm just a cab driver here, you know, kind yeah. of apologetic. Um, the detective put me in a in a room at the Quincy Police Department, and uh, although I'm was an attorney, am an attorney, you know what I did? I answered all his questions yeah. because because you know what. He, he, I thought he really wanted to know the truth, uh, and 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 I was, I was there to tell him the truth. And in hindsight, how did that work out for you, Kurt? Well, I, in in hindsight, um, I, I'm good with it. Now, as an attorney, I would counsel my clients to to not do that. Uh, and and we we ended that uh, that interview, and and I testified in my second trial. And, and and there weren't any any problems. Did with, not testify with, in your first trial. Though, I did. Right? I did not testify yep. in my first trial. And and, and during the interview, it, it was interesting. At the end of the interview, um, he, he asked me, uh, you know, will you take a polygraph? And and I said absolutely. And you know, uh, and what would the polygraph say? And I'd say, you know, it, it would say I was telling the truth. Standard questions. Stand, yeah. Standard standard questions. And again, I thought that, that he was going to arrange for a polygraph, but. That, that didn't happen. Because, and he didn't because, want no polygraph. Because yeah, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't care. He, it's a he, control question. He didn't care. I had already been indicted that morning by a grand jury um, because of his investigation. Um, my bond had already been set at $5 million. It, in Illinois, that means 500000 a walk, right? Right, correct. Uh, I'd have to post 500000 And uh, so from there, he took me to the Adams County Jail. They quickly decided that it wouldn't be a good idea, a former prosecutor for seven years, to be placed in the Adams County Jail where I might run into some people I prosecuted. So they moved me um, about 45 minutes north to a small county, Hancock, Illinois, um, where I spent uh, almost two years in that in that county jail. This is I wrote a book uh, about wrongful convictions, and, and I suggested that all lawyers immediately uh, who are going to practice criminal law, either as a prosecutor or defense lawyer, should spend a year in a maximum security prison so they get an idea of what it's really like when they're suggesting to their clients, hey, take five, take ten, that's not a bad sentence. And or a prosecutor who's a little bit over-aggressive and loose with the facts, you know, in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, that sort of thing, might have a different perspective, right? Sure. After you spend a little time in jail, you got a different perspective now? Sure. I, I mean, the, the perspective I have now is that, uh, you know, our, our jails are, are full of people who, you know, have, have done low-level criminal offenses. They can't make bail. Um, you know, there's mental health issues. There are addictions. And, uh, and they don't feel serviced by their public defender. Uh, and, and they're really alone and, and, and lost. And ultimately, they take a plea deal, um, whether they're guilty or not, because... That's the only way they're going to move on with their life, That's either right. to, to get out of jail or move on to prison. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with Curtis Lovelace. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you in a bit. L.S. Uh, we're back. Not quite right. Folsom Prison, folks, but Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre, Popo Report on WLS AM 890. Saturday night, we're with Kurt and Christine Lovelace. Kurt was almost wrongfully convicted of a murder, spent 677 days in jail, got out, and now suing the hell out of everybody, which he should be doing. But I'm going to ask Christine a question. Christine and Kurt are married eight months. 
nice marriage, so everybody's happy. It's all good. It's all good in the hood, as we say. And they're getting ready to go to lunch. They got the nice little perfect upper middle class life going down there in Southern Illinois. And the popo roll up and lock up her husband, Christine. Yep. That's pretty much what happened. I was, uh, Kurt had dropped me off at my pie shop earlier that morning. I had left the corporate world and decided to open up a little bakery. And um, Kurt dropped me off and he was going to come back and have lunch with me. And I was just baking away and a little worried. He hadn't called and I knew he had a busy day, but then he wasn't showing up for lunch. And a dear friend of mine from high school actually sent me a text message and asked me um, if I was okay and to tell me that he was there for me if he if if I needed anything and so I told him I said sure I know that but what's going on and he immediately called me and asked me where Kurt was and I got really nervous and he made it sound as though there was some news to tell me and that I obviously didn't know and he told me that he was looking at a bill of indictment and Kurt had been arrested for murder. Um, so that's how I had found out that, that Kurt had been arrested. What did you do next? What, what, what's your next move? Yeah, immediately that's what I thought. So um, then I'm thinking the boys. Um, you know, we had three boys. I had adopted Kurt and Corey's um, three youngest children yeah. when Kurt and I got married. And so I... Um, started searching for where the boys were, and I couldn't find them. Um, later, I, w- I would learn that Detective Gibson and uh, others involved in the case had arranged for the kids to be removed from school and secretly taken to the police department. I referred to it as a kidnapping because mm-hmm. if they weren't put in a squad car and they were put in a white van, that's what we would call it, right? Right. So um, they were taken to the police department, questioned without permission, um, I had to, like I said, find them and went to the police department and, uh, Gibson had told the boys in front of me and, and some other folks that were in this room that, uh, their father had been arrested for first degree murder for murdering their mom. That's when they learned why it was that they had been questioned. And, uh, so I sent the kids, uh, home with Kurt's parents sat with Gibson for a few minutes and he told me that this would go quick, that these types of things happen quickly. Uh, Kurt's bond was set at $5 million. We would get a public defender. Uh, Kurt would take a plea deal and we'd move on. It wouldn't take that much time. Ah, no easy, big e- deal. Easy yeah. peasy, right? Right, yeah. Right. So Don't worry about it. We got this covered, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take care do, of you guys. We do, this, right? we do this all the time, especially yeah. with our rookie uh, detective uh, who's... Uh, is he the one that uh, initially spoke with you? Uh, the, uh, Gibson? Yeah, he was He was the officer. He, he, he was the arresting officer. He's he was the arresting that, officer. They, he did not interview me. Uh, I was not aware of the investigation at all. So my first... Um, the information, The first information I ever received that there was an investigation was when, after he... Had already testified in front of the grand jury. There was an indictment and arrest warrant, and I had been arrested. So you were his big first case, uh, rookie detective. Was he anti Big Ten? Was he? Uh, <laughs> did he have something against uh, the Illini? Was he a big Missouri fan? Was he? Why did he have such a bit hard on for you and for this case? Well, I, 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 think, I mean, did you ever think about that later on? I mean, not at the time, but later on, I'm like, why me? Why him? Why this? I, I thought about that every day. 
while I was in county jail and, and then every day while I was on home confinement. And I, I, I still think about that every day. And I, I, I don't know that we still have an answer as to why he started an investigation and why he did what he did during the course of that investigation. You're listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WSAM 90. We're joined here by Curtis and Christine Lovelace here to talk about uh, life after being acquitted for murder charges. I'm sure that police department has a handful of detectives, seasoned detectives, uh, uh, senior detectives, senior officers. I guess he had the blessing ultimately to initiate the investigation and to uh, arrest you from his superiors, right? Did they? I mean, did you? Is there any history that you? I don't know. It's kind of like thought of. Why did they approve this? Because he doesn't sound like a rogue police officer. He had he had the blessing of the police department because they spent a lot of money on this and the prosecutors and the prosecutors. Right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think I think a lot of that is the um, the the subject of our civil litigation. You know why it started, uh, who was supervising. Um, um, what they did in the supervision process, uh, and and again, I think there, I, I think there are answers that we'll we'll never know. Well, we do know a lot of things. We know that they created a case where there was no case. We know they sh- experts shopped and spent tens of thousands of dollars on trying to find an expert that would give them the answers they wanted. Right? right. Uh, th- there was outrageous government misconduct on the part of the authorities in this case. It doesn't sound like they were searching for the truth. No. They already they made up their mind. They have to made up their mind right. and they just had to find gonna, somebody or something to back it up. We're gonna tune up this former prosecutor. We're gonna show everybody we treat everyone fairly down here in Southern Illinois, right? We're gonna go after this this ex football star. And and Kurt, listen, you're you're a you're a big deal. I mean you're you're a high school all American you get a full ride, University of Illinois. You wind up being a captain, playing on some teams that win bowl games. Uh, you got a pro career in front of you, and you're a smart guy. You're a scholarship student. You're going to law school. You serve in the military. I mean, you are a big deal, my friend. You're a big deal anywhere, but you're really a big deal in Southern Illinois. So you, they, they went, they went the full gang on you, man. I mean, they were after your butt. When they come after a guy who. They shouldn't be coming after. They and they come after him for all the wrong reasons. It's usually somebody like you, but you never seen it coming, did you? You not in a million years. No, and 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 we talk about this with uh, Christine and I talk about it, and we talk about it with other people when you know we talk about wrongful convictions, and and it, it's hard to understand. Um, and and we weren't part of the wrongful conviction world the innocence networks i mean that wasn't even on our radar but now that we after you now for different reasons don't worry get used to it because it's not going to stop but but you know what we learned is you know it could happen to anyone if it could happen to me it could you know i i I had some speeding tickets i had no criminal history you're you're a rock star down there okay you're you're a former uh university illinois big star football player you're you're a member of the upper crest of the community former prosecutor uh respected attorney by the way how did your lawyer colleagues treat you? Did they all come running down to the jail, represent you, help you out on this thing? Well, I, you know, I had a few. No, no, I had a okay. few lawyers who wanted to know uh, if they could take over my cases. Uh-huh. Uh, so they wanted, they wanted, they wanted, they wanted <laughs> How can the they business from your misery. <laughs> right. Is that it? Oh. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but as far as uh, especially within the county, no, no one. Uh, it's amazing. Everyone really just scatters. You find out who your friends are. That, don't that's you? true, Christine. And, you're yeah. inviting to all socials, country club stuff. Uh, I mean, no. were, you, were you still in big demand? How did the pie shop do? You know, uh, I had to shut the pie shop uh-huh. uh, the day Kurt got arrested. There's still people that are waiting for their pie deliveries. 
Um, they tagline Kurt the Golden Boy, though. And so that made it, you know, that much more attractive. I think that that arrest was was pretty powerful for that new detective. It destroyed your lives, in I short, mean, right? Your yeah. your conv- your you know conviction make makes careers. An eventual, uh, yeah, a future conviction, you know, going down the line makes careers. Prosecutors, uh, police officers, detectives. I mean, they're going to hang their head on your conviction, and there was no looking back for them. That's what and it they seems did. like. They did, right? They yeah. did, absolutely. Uh, everybody gets awards for this one, right? The merit badges came out on the Kurt Lovelace arrest, didn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, those those people are still working. They're still investigating. They're still uh, doing their job. So, you know, as of as of now, you know, there haven't been any repercussions for any of the individuals uh, But there's fixing to be some repercussions soon. Okay, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to continue to talk with Curtis and uh, Christine Lovelace. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS. 25 years. Welcome back, Popo Nation. Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre, Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890 Chicago. Saturday night with us is Curtis and Christine Lovelace. Curtis was an almost wrongfully convicted guy of murder. Christine's his wife, big part in getting him sprung. Curtis is, uh, had a trial, was hung jury. Thank God for that one, right? And uh, these things almost turn, never turn out well when you go back for that second bite of the apple. Second jury trial, not guilty. All counts. Walked out the front door, free man. What was her evidence? It was it was experts. It was expert that, testimony. Um, that's that's all they had. They had shopped around. Um, I say they, the the Quincy Police Department and Adam Gibson had gone to multiple experts who said there's there's nothing he you know nothing here. Um, and they shopped it. They truly shopped this case, right? They spent all kinds of money trying to get an expert to say what they wanted them to say in this case, right? I mean, Michael well, Baden was in there, right? Yeah, yeah Mike, Michael Baden. Baden. Uh, what did Baden say? Well, you know, it's interesting. Baden came in after my indictment. Um, so uh, they, they had gone to multiple experts. They finally found an expert in St. Louis who said, sure, I'll agree, um, Detective Gibson, with you and your theory. Um, and they got the indictment based upon that expert. And then after I was indicted um, and sitting in jail, then they sent the material to Michael Bodden, and Michael Bodden came on board. Um, later on, um, Warner Spitz um, for the came government. on board Yeah, for the government. And, uh, and These and they, are heavy hitter names in the uh, forensic uh, pathologist community. Man, this is bad news for you, right? And and as a as a defendant, I mean, you don't have the resources that no. the state has, no. and and so in order to defend that type of case, it's 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 very costly. And a, uh, a and, lot of people had to believe in you. A lot of organizations, a lot of legal help has to believe in you to give you pro bono work, and that's what they did. Sure, they lent lent a helping hand because. Oh my God, this is injustice. This guy is wrongfully accused. Let's see what we can do. And that was outstanding. And Christine, you're yeah. a big part of this uh, defense investigation, aren't you? Well, uh, you know, I got home that night of, of Kurt's arrest and trying to figure out what we do. And so I started researching um, everything I could about what's going on, what in the heck's happening. And, you know, like Kurt, I thought this is going to fix itself. Yeah. It didn't fix itself. No, it doesn't fix you know, it. It never just, fixes itself, right, does it? They weren't going to open up the door and let him come home and say, whoopsie daisies, we made a mistake. Yeah. 
And so I just started looking for attorneys. I started learning everything I possibly could about wrongful conviction. You've talked about Jamie Snow. I learned about Jamie Snow two days after Kurt's arrest, um, you know, and, and what that looks like and how they go about this kind of thing. You know, I, I later learned about Bodden and who he actually was more than a guy that's on HBO doing an autopsy show. It, it was an education, and, you know, that's what got me where I am today. I'd, I'd rather be in my pie shop rolling out pies. Mm-hmm. You know? That's not the case anymore, though, is it, <laughs> no, Christina? You're, you're, is, you're just all up in the muck with the I, rest of us now. Yeah, I'm outside of a Pollyanna world now, and, and it's uh, but it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're helping people and, and shining a light on, on what goes wrong. We're here with Kurt and Christine Lovelace. Kurt's formally charged with murder. Attorney, University of Illinois football player, All-American. And you guys, you guys got a couple kids that are rock star. One kid's an Army Ranger mm-hmm. down there at Hunter Air Base. Another kid's at Fourth Infantry Division in Colorado. Yep. Kurt, you're a former military person. Uh, listen, this is not your typical uh, meth tweaking family, is it? That finds himself in this jam. Well, and, and I'm really proud of, of of my family and and Christine because again, uh, the, the weight of the world fell upon her shoulders. You know, the the, the bo- all three boys were home. They were young. They were in high school. Um, I missed all that. Uh, Christine um, did it all and did an outstanding job and and, and really proud that, you know, even what we went through, um, you know, our, our boys are, are are dealing with that. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, they've been successful in their chosen fields. They're not they're not a, uh, drug addled knuckleheads they are actually productive patriotic human beings doing uh, God's work out there, aren't they? Yeah. And, and that's and that's, you know, what. Christine, you know, when when she was was the only one, you know, she wasn't going to allow them to to use our situation as an excuse to to go down any other road than than the road that we had them on um, on the day of our arrest. And you guys now know because your work. There's always a Christine in every case like this. There's there's a wife, a sister, a, a you mother, know, a brother, uh, right? Yep, yep, Someone yep. who's in there. No matter what, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this thing. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do. Absolutely, and that's what it takes. Yep. It, it it takes a, a me or you know a, a, a Tammy or a Christy or a whomever. If you, to, don't, if you don't say so yourself, if I don't say pie, so myself, the pie maker came through huge for Kurt, though, right? <laughs> you know, and but that's I, I would say that's that's who I am. I mean, there there was something that needed to get done, and you know, I look at myself first to say, okay, here I am. Send me, you know. And, and so. folks, I would tell you, uh, Christine is much more than a pie maker. Christine, we just put Christine through an extensive uh, profiling, criminal profile course, and she was one of our star students. She's a rock star. She's good at this stuff. She figured out how to do it, which is often the case with people uh, in, in these mm-hmm. situations. They become quite accomplished individuals who figure out the criminal justice system and how to deal with wrongful conviction or, or even just your run-of-the-mill murder case, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're dealing oftentimes with police officers who aren't educated. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> just, trained just what in their job. Right. right. Yeah. But, but an education and being trained on a job are two different things completely. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we win all day long with the upper hand when we're educated in, in this field. So I think I think it's important. Well, you, know, you just through hard knocks and work, and you figured out the system. Absolutely. Yep. And now that's what you're doing full time. Yeah, yeah. We're we're working on uh, exoneration cases. We do direct appeals, post conviction work, um, some of that pro bono uh, and uh, and criminal defense. 
And what's that called again? The Lovelace Center for Criminal Defense in Champaign-Urbana. I was down there for a couple years as a student. Oh, okay. I couldn't take that life anymore, so I came back up here to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, the small town student life wasn't really for me. Yeah, because Lupe was uh, like the bartender in Chicago for a number of years, uh, working his way through college, as they say. <laughs> no, but it was, uh, it was a fun town down in Champaign-Urbana uh, many years ago. Yeah. Well, Kurt, and Kurt, you were the king of Champaign-Urbana for a while, brother. You're the captain of the football team. I mean, you're not a dumb jack either, are you? Well, I, you know, I spent seven years there, you know, uh, both undergrad playing football, and uh, and then I ended up staying there and going to law school. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the area and, and, a, and a proud uh, proud fighting line. We're talking with Kurt and Christine Lovelace on WLS AM 890. Kurt, former prosecutor, was charged with murder, beat the rap. You're, you're the man, brother, and I want to thank you guys for coming out here and driving up to do this show. Uh, I'm a big believer in case. Uh, I hope you hit them for a huge, huge number. The civil trial's coming up, and this is how we deal with these people who rule, ruin people's lives, silly willy, really. I'm going to lock this guy up. He's a lawyer. I'm going to put his head on my wall. I got no evidence, and we're going to make a case up, okay, because we got all the money and resources in the world. And this is how you stop this stuff. You punish them in civil court. You hit them with a big number. And I, and I know you two. I know, you're not doing it for money. This isn't about money. And no. it's not even about restoring your reputation because you never lost your reputation. Although some people think so. You're never going to change your mind. I could tell you sitting here, uh, there are a certain segment of society. They got away with murder. They're just smart. They're slick. No, none of which is true. That You never knew what hit you. And you, and you figured it out on the fly, and the right people showed up at the right time, mostly because you were the right kind of client to have, an innocent one. But a lot of innocent people don't have just the general brains or Christine in their life who's going to fight that fight. And you said it. You're locked up 677 days. You're not a dad. You're not a husband. You're not a provider. You're and, trying to get and to you're the not phone, a lawyer. And, right? and, and you're not a lawyer. There's yeah, really nothing you can do to... That didn't help yep. you at all, did it? Nothing. And, and being an attorney was zero help, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you're just you're just locked up, uh, no resources, and uh, and and very much alone. But but Christine was out there fighting the fight, and and she got great attorneys involved, and and you know she's a rock star. John Lovey and the Exoneration Project, and Tara Thompson, um, they're they're rock stars. Uh, you know, they defended me in my second trial, and and now they're handling the civil case. Um, you know, we had another individual, Evan Park. Um, who did a lot of work and uncovered um, what the uh, what the Quincy Police Department was trying to hide from us? Really, um, dug, he dug out the facts and he did it legally with freedom of information requests. Fascinating part of the whole story. But we're out of time. Uh, we may have you back after the civil trial. Okay, yes. love to have you back and make you guys buy us lunch at Gibson's, one of our favorite <laughs> restaurants, and spend a little money. But uh, at the best of both of you, you have our immense respect. Uh, we, I can't tell you how much we, we, we like you guys and respect what you've done, what you've been through, and how you came out of it on the other side. Thank you. Thank it was so great having you guys here. We're going to take another break. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you in a bit. Dot com. Here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago. And the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is... The Chicago Popo Report. Uh, welcome back, Popo Nation. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 89. And folks, remember, can't listen to us live. 
you want to pick it up on WLSAM.com. As soon as this thing's uh, done on Saturday night, it's usually up within the hour for your listening pleasure. Don't miss it. WLSAM.com. Always Popo Report 24-7. Welcome back, Loop. That was an interesting hour, huh? That was great. That was uh, amazing talking with Christine and uh, Curtis Lovelace. And, uh, I got to tell you, that little county down there in southern Illinois in big trouble when John Lovey gets up there with that uh, that star and sitting next to him all day and his wife. They've got some explaining to do. All right, locally we got some more corruption, greed, no, self-dealing. No, say it's not true. Yeah, we got uh, the feds alleging a state rep, Luis Arroyo. I actually had the... Uh, uh, Amazing privilege, not anymore, of meeting. <laughs> what Luis do? What did Un- Luis get caught doing? See, this guy, he's an undercover recording, paying. He was paying someone a $2,500 bribe, so he's not pocketing himself. I mean, monetarily, right. in you know, in other ways, yeah. But he's actually giving $2,500 to the some Fed, other guy. The feds just came out with a study that lists Chicago as the number one most corrupt city in the United States, followed by New York and Los Angeles. Are you shocked? Are you surprised we're number one? Not shocked at all. It's great to be number one. Yes, it is. Yes. You know, can't have to be number one for something. Can't have a good football team or baseball team. At least, you know, your public officials are the most corrupt. That's right. And they're Mother. entertaining when they're being corrupt. Uh, Luis, was, this was supposed to be a $2,500 a month scheme. Right. The feds just cut it a little short. <laughs> and I'm told that another state rep wore a wire on him. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. We're, that's going to play out. But they're... The guys are flipping on each other and wearing wires and setting each other up. Man, it's going to get ugly up there, huh? So he's the third elected official to be charged so far, joining who? Ed Burke and uh, Thomas Cullerton. And uh, and all kinds of investigations right. floating around on everybody else. Hey, this is going to be a long, 2020 going to be a long year for them elected boys and girls. They're getting whacked up by the feds. One a month. I mean, every I, listen, we we do a story almost every week on somebody newly indicted. You know what's funny about this one? Uh, so the um, the feds they uh, they had a confidential source, a CI, yeah. who was cooperating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He um, you know he was uh, cooperating with the FBI, and Arroyo was targeting him. But then again, but but af- but shortly thereafter, uh, the feds. Um, Stopped using him as a confidential informant because he was he was a little bit too greasy for 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 the feds too, right? He was uh, <laughs> yeah, that's he, saying something. <laughs> his uh, something about his tax tax returns. Yeah. So they cut him loose, but the, but he he came back because hey, let's uh, if I if I cooperate a little bit more with you guys, maybe that 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 tax evasion odd. Uh, uh, charge will be, uh, you know, be pled down to like nothing. Because every outlaw knows in this city, you, you, you do a lot of things. Do not mess with the IRS, your taxes, because they will get you eventually. That'll be your downfall. Oh, God. Yeah, we're down, uh, let's move on to our more pedestrian. Our buddy Joe Brodsky did a lot of testifying at the Attorney Registration and Disciplinary Committee hearing where they're trying to yank his license forever. Joe, Joe did a lot of protesting, didn't he, Loop? Oh, my God. God, I mean, he was he was on his hands and knees and out of control. He is out of control. His own lawyer couldn't control him at the hearing. He got mad at him, started yelling at him. Answer the question, please. Brodsky couldn't do it. The hearing officer got mad at him and spanked him a little bit. And he blames it all on being bullied as a kid. That's right. Okay. He said, I've done a lot of thinking about this, Bratsky answered before bringing up what he said. Mistreatment by bullies when he was in elementary and middle schools. That's why he is the way he is. I act like a jerk uh, as an attorney. 
uh, in court. Uh, you know, I I yell at uh, opposing counsel. I I sling dirt because I was myself bullied. So he's trying to bully other lawyers. Yeah, exactly. And judges. How's that working out for him? I don't think it's working out for him. Yeah, you could you could get away with a lot of stuff in this town with a law license, but Brodsky just crossed that line. He crossed that line one too many times, and they are hot after him. Uh, Judge uh, Virginia Kendall whacked a fifty thousand dollars fine on him for being this snippy in court and out of control. And uh, wanted what undergo management training or anger management training, <laughs> and with that fifty thousand dollars fine. Well, hasn't worked out for him at all, and he has made some serious enemies, and he's, you know, it's a lot of whining and crying. My prediction is they're going to whack him good. He's going to be without a license for at least a year or two. Is that right? I well, think so. Yeah. Well, he claimed, well, he doesn't have his uh, practice anymore. He's no longer his office. Uh, he can't pay his rent. Uh, what else? Um, <laughs> no income? None. Well, not as a lawyer. Not as a lawyer. I, I would suggest Domino's is probably a good... Good place to light right now. Is he valeting somewhere downtown, somewhere in the loop? <laughs> he's, no? he's, he's, he needs to make a living, okay? Uber and Lyft are, of course, always hiring. Uber and Lyft, that's always an option. Yes. I mean, if you're a hard worker. Right in. He could talk to people, get snippy with them, and, the, and won't get fined. There'll be no, uh, you know, uh, snippy federal judge sitting in the backseat going, eh, that'll cost you 20 grand, Mr. It's low Brodsky. key, it's low key, <laughs> drive around, you know, right. picking you people can... up, earning some little extra dough on the side. Tell, yeah. tell people how smart you are. You used to be a lawyer. You used to practice. I used to be a big deal. Guess what? Not anymore. Keep the conversations to a minimum. Just take people from A to B. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple of boys in Rockford. Police officers got a little trouble this week, Loop. What happened? Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are the police officers drinking in Rockford? Grape juice? Grape juice. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah not grape juice. <laughs> there's something about that juice in Rockford, you know. Uh, well, I indicted two of them, two separate indictments for sexual assaults. I mean, boy, Rockford's got a problem. Did you get that grape juice reference? <laughs> I did get the grape juice reference. But for the listeners who didn't get it, Loop, why don't you tell them? Take out the G, and what do you have? Grape juice? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you get it, Brett? <laughs> Brett didn't get it. Brett don't even care, okay? <laughs> Rockford better check their hiring policies. Look a little bit closer on them background investigations. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you get a, you know, background investigations. Not that, you know, you can uncover uh, a potential uh, rapist. You know, rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little background. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to tell you, maybe the correct psychological testing might have found those two guys out. Assuming they did... Uh, commit the crimes they're accused of. Well, Thurman, he was, uh, let's see, attracted attention for dancing, for his dancing cop viral videos. I don't know. Is <laughs> dancing that, cop viral videos. Is that, is that, is that rapey behavior? I, I gotta think, maybe the chief just didn't like one of his guys, you know, and the complaint came in from a disgruntled girlfriend or a date or something, and the dancing cop got yanked off the dance floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no longer on the dance floor. Yeah. It, well, although he does have a lot of time to pursue dance lessons at this point. Uh, big problems up in Rockford. Rockford's a pr pretty hot city, man. I mean, uh, third biggest city in Illinois. They have a lot of crime up there. Gotta stop drinking that grape juice. A lot of carrying on. Uh, let's go back. Come on. We'll come back down to Chicago. What happened? All right, we'll go to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's even better. Lighten up the mood a little bit. Tennessee. What's going on in Tennessee? Well, it's, this guy home invaded the wrong house. So we had a would-be robber who targeted the wrong woman. 
Okay? 52-year-old 52 fought back. Whooped that butt. <laughs> Robert shows up at the front door in a mask. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the Popo Nation, we're, we're advising you, do not open your door if somebody's got a mask on. Okay? Yeah. You know why he was wearing a mask? Because he didn't want to get recognized. That's right. Because he's a longtime family friend. <laughs> You're robbing your own family. Well, you got to go where the fall money on is, hard, right? You fall on hard times. You got to rob somebody, right? You know, rob somebody, rob somebody that you know. And he had a uh, handgun in his waistband, but uh, Mrs. Sotelo, 52-year-old, said that she was not dissuaded by that show of force. She grabbed her a good old baseball bat. She got behind the front door and just whipped that ass, didn't she? He, 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 he tried to get away, but the cops caught him later on. And his getaway driver took off and took, left took off him without there. him. Yeah, it's she too didn't hot for no me. Part of it. Seen that baseball bat come out. She said, "I think I'll leave." He's out of here. Okay, Paul, we're going to take another break. So much crime, so little time. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AMS. Ah, uh, Popo Nation, we're back. Final episode. Well, not final episode, final segment. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, WLS AM 890 Chicago. And, of course, where are we, Lupe? We're in Florida. Going out with a bang. We are going out with a bang, aren't we? Huh? Our Florida peeps never disappoint. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, Miami uh, radio programmers, man, we're we're ripe, we're ripe for uh, syndication down there in your fair state. Lots of laughs down in Florida. Yes, because I love this story, huh? Because the Bible debate got out of control down in Florida, huh? A couple of Bible banging brothers. Yes, yes, <laughs> and well, you know, they were drinking, they were cocktailing while arguing about the Bible. Probably never a good it's idea. A, it's, yeah, you, it's never a good idea to do shots. While uh, uh, discussing Bible verses. And having firearms lurking about, laying oh. close by. Huh? <laughs> the bad combination out there with the brothers. You're hanging out in your, this is your, you're hanging out in your crib. You know, you're having a couple cocktails. You're discussing the Bible. And you also need guns at your side. Only in Florida. That's right. Because, you know, and they were on the porch. Us all happening on the front porch. A lot of strangulation things going on gunshots and uh whacking around with the bible they they fail though to what what were you arguing about and and basically they said the contradictions between genesis one and two <laughs> what about how the gospels contradict each other and why everyone at the last supper was seated on the same t side of the table you know um are these angels actual angels or are they aliens? You know? I don't know, but yeah, the gunfight broke out over the argument. Well, uh, one of the brothers got choked it. first. One of the brothers started. <laughs> yeah. That was that was after the choking. Yeah. Okay. Well, he won. the fight was uneven. One brother was whipping on the other one, mm -hmm. so he fired the, even up the odds and get the old gun involved in it. <laughs> but nobody got shot. That's kind of a happy ending, right? Yes. Yeah, so just just a lot of threats. That, that is a happy ending. All right. But we're still in Florida because and here we another guy, George Porto Sierra. George had a unique plan. What, what, what was that plan, Loop? What did this, George want to do? This one is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he wanted to barbecue all child molesters and kill them. Uh, I'm about trying to kill all sex offenders, not even child molesters. You throw anybody who's a sex offender. That's kind of very noble to aspire to. I mean, it, it's very virtuous. 
Hey, you want to get rid of child molesters and sex offenders? Kiss me, where sergeants uh, order patrolmen to kick people off the roof. Right. <laughs> kiss me. Kiss me's moving up on our list down there in Florida. It's, a, it's not quite as quiet as we thought it was sitting out there it, outside it, it, of this thing. It's appeared in consecutive weeks on a Chicago Popo report. Wow. Yes. Love it. We we have a dude getting kicked off the roof one week by the Popo, and this then we got a guy who wants to barbecue, literally barbecue. At the friendly village in a motel, uh, misnamed, I might state, because uh, you've been there. Not too friendly. Not too friendly. Not too friendly, because George is there. Want to have an open barbecue pit for any sex offender in Florida. And uh, as I was reading this story, I mean, I'm wondering to myself, why would he pick this hotel? Why would he pick this 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 city or this county? And it turns out <laughs> that this hotel and this county are are are. Our open city for molesters and, 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 and rapists to live in, right? The dumping ground for guys on parole who just mm-hmm. getting out of prison for sex offense. Because apparently there's no school or church within, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's warm. Yeah, and it's warm. <laughs> wow. And a hot night they can sleep outside. So, uh, yeah, so that's why he targeted uh, this hotel and this city. Because it's just uh, <laughs> teeming with, with, with weirdos. Well... George didn't like him. He wasn't down with the program and threatened to barbecue them all. He is also in jail. Because you can't do that. No, you, it's you can't start fires. Stuff. You can't threaten to kill somebody. You can't and threaten to burn somebody. He's going to burn them up, man. He actually, kill him right there at the hotel parking lot, my friend. <laughs> you think he was drinking too? I think probably a safe bet to say alcohol or some other substance was involved. His heart was in the right place, but the execution oh, okay. failed miserably. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners won't be offended by that comment. <laughs> I think we're safe with it. All right. We're going to, uh, let's go to Texas. Uh, we like Texas, too. Almost as fun as Florida. Yeah. We get another uh, a religious story. You know, we've got a crucifix involved. Uh, this one is a little bit more serious than the one with gunplay. I get, yeah, yeah. You would you could say that, yeah. Uh, Chris Christian. Lydia, my She's not very Christian. Like, been out drinking all night. Returned Sunday afternoon after again, being out again. Alcohol, alcohol involved, and her mom, her forty-six-year-old mother, was a little offended by her daughter's actions. And what her daughter, daughter didn't take to being lectured by mommy. No, you get it. You know, within wingspan, I guess. Yeah, the crucifix was within wingspan, ten inch crucifix. Ten inch wing cr- crucifix. Ten. Inch, that's kind of a small crucifix. It's not that so. big, no, but I, I guess it was bulky, and it was uh, it was it was a, a, a nice piece of wood. What did what did uh, young Kristen do with this uh, said crucifix that she snagged off the wall? Well, she taught her mom a lesson. Yes, she certainly did, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Fractured that skull. I tell you what, she's twice about talking Texas, crap man. against me, right? That is uh, a lot more serious than having a gun pointed at you or shot in your general direction. Yeah, exactly. Skull fractures. Don't mess uh, with the skull. Yeah. No, you're in very bad territory. But hey, uh, I'm, I'm guessing she was kind of cute because she got a, only a thirty thousand dollars bond for said skull fracture, which means three thousand and you're out. That's roughly. right. That's what it means. Not bad. Out the door. You skull, skull fracture mama's head, 3000 I'm thinking the judge likes the look of you. Or or the popo were not all that enthusiastic in their paperwork. Or Miss Christian Lydia Martinez, 25-year-old, she's, uh, you know, she'll think about what she did and and she won't do it again. She's probably on Instagram bragging about it right now. <laughs> well, she's probably an influencer down there in Texas, right? Well, yeah, she's fine. She's yeah. okay. She's out on, she's out on bail. 
What do you say we go to, uh, hmm, let's go to, uh, where are we going next? Montana. We're going to go to Montana. Yeah, we're we're going to Montana. Yellowstone National Park. Oh, I like Yellowstone, don't you? I, I love the. I love nature. I love the outdoors. Yeah. I, I love the natural wonders of the, this great nation. The homeless on Halstead and Lake don't count. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned homeless on Halstead. Yeah. For the, uh, for the IACP, everybody was cleared out. The streets were clean. Uh, of course. No yes. no tents, no homeless oh, people anywhere. I might add, a female chief of out. police did get robbed while she was here. But a Our chief criminals of police did, did not get disappoint. Robbed. Yes. No, they didn't. Yes. A female <laughs> chief of police got robbed at a restaurant in Chicago, downtown. We forgot to mention that. While she was here. Yes, we did. But... Our gangsters did not disappoint. They got one. No, they did. They <laughs> got her. Yes, they did. <laughs> but let's go back to uh, Yellowstone National Park. What we happened got, uh, up there in Yellowstone Loop? We got a we got a Manuel Sanchez who was uh, busted for methamphetamine trafficking. That's not. That's no fun at all. And federal park guys are no fun. I guess the perp made a big boo boo. <laughs> and what did, what did, what was what did Manuel have to say about all this? <laughs> Well, that was his alibi. He, he, was, he was driving a rental car through the park, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened? There was a whole tailgating thing. We get pulled over for tailgating. I mean, now. that's that's your that's your standard, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, uh, not reasonable suspicion, probable but cause. probable cause. PC. Probable cause, Luke. That's great PC. There you go. That's amazing. Lupe, who never makes a traffic stop unless <laughs> absolutely forced to. Exactly. Yes. So amazing PC. And uh, yeah, they got, they got a bunch of meth. This guy's trafficking. And off he went. Yes. And he was saying that, uh, what? Something about Yogi Bear? <laughs> Yogi Bear involved in the meth trafficking? <laughs> uh, he's a big fan of Yogi Bear. He likes him. Didn't help out, though, did it? Yeah, no. So once again, 8.3 pounds of narcotics seized from uh, Manuel's car. All right, let's go. We got uh, time for checkoff. We got the uh, happy ending. This one's out of Germany, where a teen breaks into a German prison in a bid to win back jailed ex. So well, this is an how'd, inspiring. How'd that work out for him? It's an inspiring love story. You know, she broke in, she got caught, she her heart was in the right place, but uh, yeah, um, didn't work out too well. But I mean, it's. Like I said, it's an inspiring love story. She jumped the 13-foot wall, bro. I mean, this is just in love. She's mad in love. Absolutely. (laughs) And guess what? He he didn't want to jump that wall with her. No. No. What happened? She wound up getting her poor self arrested, didn't she? Yeah, but still. I mean, they'll probably hook up later on, and and they'll live life, life happily ever after. All right, well, that does it for us. This Saturday night, you've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report. And as always, don't poo-poo on the popo. And mind your own business. And watch your six. See you next week.